Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am the guy who hosts this show. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Welcome, one and all, to our little show. We hope you'll be entertained at the end of this. You know, we really do. I mean, I could be proactive and deliver a, a preemptive apology for a show that sucked. I mean, I could, but I'm betting that it won't suck. So I will raise the stakes and say for the record, it's going to be a pretty darn good episode. Probably. So let's get things started by introducing our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Uh, go ahead and give us a semi-decent laugh. Nothing too strenuous, but, you know, more than a simple chuckle. Oh, oh, all right. How's this? <laughs> oh, I will stand behind that laugh as it was solid, and it expressed a bit of mirth, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm not real sure what that word mirth means, but yeah, all right. Um, it was pretty good. Thank you. Thank and, you, and, dear. Yeah, now I'll formally acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead and acknowledge my acknowledgement. Oh, okay, so does that mean I can actually express myself here? Like like I can say how excited I am to be part of this no, show? No, 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 it does not. You can just like wiggle your toes or something and that will be sufficient. That, I really uh, don't care. Just make it brief and like a few tenths of a second. That would be ideal. Oh, that would present a real challenge, expressing oneself in under a I second. I know, but... Uh, oh, well, I won't interfere here. Yeah, no, no, it, it, that's not humanly possible, Spud. You know, each week I continue to be asked to reduce my role at the start of each show. Uh, now, my ability to connect with listeners is reduced to a second. I, I can't do it. Hell no, you can't! I asked for something in the range, something in the range of a few tenths of a second to be accurate. Quote me correctly, all right? Well... You can do it if you set your mind to it, or, or maybe your mind just isn't up to this challenge. Yo, oh, yeah, my, my mind is more than capable. How's this? Uh, yeah, that, that couldn't have been more than three-tenths of a oh, second. Oh, he did it! Yes! Oh, kudos to you, Gerald. Yeah, I guess. Well done. Okay, what I, what I wanted to discuss on the show is something I read last night on Facebook. Uh, specifically, your Facebook page, man. My, my yeah, Facebook yeah, page? Yeah, yours. I didn't think you've ever visited my Facebook page because, you know, you've never responded to my friend request that I sent you over three years ago. I think that this is your way of telling me something. You know, as you could see, the page is a joint venture between my lovely wife, uh, Rachel, and, and myself, of yeah, course. okay. We thought, since we share everything in our lives, why not a Facebook page, too? I, I know it is in my name, but she felt that it was only right as I'm the head of household. 
Head of the household? Yeah. Well, if you say so, but I've been to your house, and I'm surprised you're allowed to take a leak without permission from Rachel. I mean, she keeps you on a pretty tight leash. Well, listen, I can relieve myself, Spud, without asking for permission for my wife. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now... If I foresee being in the bathroom for an extended period of time, then, then yes, I do give her a heads up. But, you know, so she doesn't worry about me. Really? I don't need to hear about bathroom practices in your marriage. TMI, Gerald. Well, anyway, well, I, I did a quick scan of your page, and I saw more than a few interesting posts from you, I take it. Okay, what was the subject matter? I can let you know if it was me or if Rachel posted Well, which it. one of you is in that Flat Earth Society or whatever it's called? I mean, who knew anyone in the Holcomb household thinks the Earth is flat? I mean, actually, mm. now that I said that out loud, I can easily believe it. Oh, I've read about those people, but I really didn't think I knew anyone that stupid myself. Uh, okay, you must be referring to the Flat Earth memes that I've posted. Uh, though Rachel is supportive of my work, I alone have been active in this area. Now, please, please, don't react without hearing me out on the subject. I have spent so many hours the last few years researching this before I was willing to come out publicly with my findings. You ain't got the answers! You ain't got the answers! Why the hell didn't you ever tell me about this great discovery that the Earth is flat? I mean, you've never said one word on or off the air about this, and I'm very upset that, you know, I could have gotten a ton of material on the show with your, um, I don't know, what, what do you call it, junk science? Oh, I think you're being kind describing this garbage as junk science, but I don't even think that douchebag Alex Jones has bought into this one. We're coming for you, globalist! All right. You guys, before you go on and on about how ludicrous you find this theory to be, you both should take the time to read the same research that I have in my studies. There is so much information out there about the true shape of the planet Earth. Did you buy a bunch of L. Ron Hubbard books at a garage sale or something? <laughs> no, no. I, I know you couldn't have gone to a real library and found anything in there that confirms the Earth is flat. I, I, I mean... Maybe some library might have, like, old microfiche, uh, I think that's what you call it, the, with some journals for something back in, like, 3000 B.C. Maybe a dude then, maybe, or, you know, scribbled something down on what shape he thought the Earth was, but no one in those days could be astronauts, you know, so I guess I could understand it, because they couldn't look out the window and see it for themselves. Well, the I, truth. I, I know, I well. have a few 2000 A.D. comic books. Very cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. They are. Those are really cool. But no, I, I was referring to the actual BC time zone. That was like way before Daylight Savings Time. Oh. Okay. The writings from that era still stand up if you look closely enough, Spud. You know, we okay. in the modern world are so self-involved to question what most are taught in secular public school systems. And, not, and listen, not just about the shape of the earth. There are all kinds of perversions. Uh, uh, we're not gonna revisit your go-to tall tale, right? Uh, that the Earth is 6,000 years old. Well... Like, like we've discussed so many times on this show, you're off by a bit as it's anywhere from 4.5 to 14 billion years old. I mean, scientists are a bit all over the map on the exact number, but no scientist 
has ever pulled 6,000 years out of his or her butt. I mean, that is, that's less believable than the Jack and the Beanstalk story. Okay, yes, yes. Jack and the Beanstalk is probably a story told over the years that is not 100% true. Listen, there's no definitive proof that Jack really climbed all the way up the Beanstalk. He may have gone like halfway or something. I'm pretty sure about that one too. Damn, you're giving, giving me kind of a headache. I need to check out some tunes right now. Um, hey, here's a song by one of the greatest bands in rock history, and, and if you aren't aware of them, you need to Google them now and discover what you've missed over the decades. From Tacoma, Washington, here are the Sonics with a live cut of The Witch. Uh, this is Ed Asner, or Edward formerly, 
and I want to thank you for enjoying Spud Goodman and his merry band of rogues. Uh, Spud? Yes. Well, your first guests, Ethan Hawke and Ben Dickey, are on the line for you. All right. You know, these guys have a new movie out. It's called Blaze. Ethan mm-hmm. uh, wrote and directed it, and, and Ben Dickey plays the lead, Blaze Foley, a very influential outlaw country music legend. I mean, this guy was a bad I read up on him. Oh, I've always thought Ethan Hawke was one of our better actors, you know. And it doesn't hurt that he's totally hot. And that's important. Hey, you know, I'm a fan of country music, but I've not heard of this Blaze Foley. But, you know, I do have all of Taylor Swift's albums. And, oh, oh, and we have the Charlie Daniels Band's greatest hits. Shut the up, Donnie. Yeah, I think this movie's about another kind of country music. Like the real deal stuff? I I don't know if it's your cup of tea. Oh. I have a bunch of stuff to ask them, as I've heard so much about the movie, so put them through. Okay, here they are. Welcome, Ethan Hawke and Ben Dickey. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on our show. Thank well, thanks for having us on your show. Ah, yeah, so you guys have a new movie out titled Blaze, airing in theaters nationwide. It's gotten rave reviews so far. It's based on the life of uh, Michael David Fuller, a.k.a. Blaze Foley, a musician of immense talent. I take it you both are fans of his music. Well, yeah, you know, Ben turned, Ben actually turned me on to Blaze Foley. You know, it's strange, I think, when people hear that Ben is starring in the movie and he never acted before, it sounds really strange to them. But it happened really organically, and it started about, I don't know, when around the time John Prine released Clay Pigeons, and right. Ben played that for me, and we started this long conversation about, who the hell is Blaze Foley, and why haven't we heard of him, and why haven't our friends heard of him, and started calling him the Snuffleupagus of the outlaw country western music scene, and we just started falling in love with the music, and then... We came in contact with this memoir, Living in the Woods in a Tree, which was written by Sybil Rosen, his wife and lover and friend. And when you start hearing about falling in love in a treehouse and how he fell in love with music and how they discovered each other and how that story ends shot dead in the street in Austin, it, it's the stuff of you know, heartbreak and beauty and legend. It felt like a movie needed to be made about it. Yeah, it had all the ingredients. Uh... Well, Ben, you were given the special award for acting at this year's Sundance Festival. Not too shabby for your first movie, huh? <laughs> you know, not too bad, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that there was awards at Sundance until we were at... I thought we were just going to, like, a, you know, a, a closing ceremony symposium of people talking and drinking and eating croissants. But lo and behold... <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um, well, you know, I, a little side note here. Ethan, I, I thought it was nice for you to give a, a cameo uh, for, for Richard Linklater. I, you know, I interviewed him on my TV show years ago for Slacker. His career seemed to have worked out okay. Yeah, anyway. Um. Yeah, he, he sure has worked out okay. For people that don't know, you know, I mean, Richard Linklater directed me in Before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight. He directed me in Boyhood. And he is in the opening scene in Slacker. And I remember... I guess I was about 21 when Slacker came out, and I yeah. saw this opening scene. He's in the back of a taxi, and he has this long monologue. And I remember thinking, who is this actor? He's awesome. So we, we sent, later became really good friends, of course, you know, for the last 20 years or so. Um, but when I, whenever I come to direct anything, I always try to talk Rick into being in it, because I, I, I love his eccentric delivery and his whole being. 
Yeah, very, very cool dude, I would say. I, I forgot that interview, actually. So, well, let me hit you with this. Do you guys think this movie will maybe serve as a, as a, as a musical enema for what constitutes much of the overproduced saccharine country music these days? Your, your soundtrack's a real deal. Well, thanks for saying that. You know, we're really proud of the soundtrack, and uh, it's a great... Uh, <laughs> It's a great Shooter Jennings quote that I love, which is called putting the O back in country, um, <laughs> which is just about how a lot of country music has gone saccharine. And, you know, country music at its best is built on the back of the blues and R&B. It's built, it's just built the same way that rap music at its best is built, which is that it's shot straight from the heart about real experience and real love and real living. And it's not about trying to sneak your hand in the back of your pocket and take out your money, you know? It's, right. uh, it's about trying to articulate something that's true. And I think the reason why Blaze's music has lasted is that it's, it's shot straight from his heart. And if you're open to it, you know, it'll hit you in the heart. Well... Ben, you're a musician, and uh, obviously you did a hell of a job in, in the in the film. Uh, uh, is music your first love, obviously? Yeah, absolutely. I've been playing music my whole life, you know, and I've, I've been a lover of music as soon as I got into this world. So it's definitely, uh, it's how I understand what's happening in this universe. Uh, Spud? What? Well, I hate to interrupt you here, but... Can I ask if you're going to accept our invitation for dinner on Sunday? Uh, my wife wants to know, and you've been avoiding me all week. I know this may not be an appropriate time to bring it up, but I was uh, thinking... Hey, hey, guys, I need a quick moment here. Now? Really? Well, the, the truth is I'm still contemplating it, okay? okay, okay. Don't rush me as I'm... I'm evaluating all the pros and cons. Uh, Gerald, you know Spud is a finicky eater. Yeah. Yeah, he's very hard to please. I would think twice about inviting him over for dinner. Maybe have him over for, maybe just serve snacks. If you can offer decent chips for him and don't go with some generic brand, you know, he hates them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not that finicky of an eater. I, I just like stuff that tastes good. Look, look, man, I'll, I'll get back to you tomorrow for sure, okay? You, you, let promise, me get back you to, promise tomorrow yes. for sure? Well, let me get back to the interview. Hey, yeah, okay, I, I apologize for the delay. All right, right back at you. Thank you. All right, well, let me hit you with the last question because I, I, I know you guys got a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, But you both recorded a very effective and entertaining public service ad telling people in theaters to keep their damn phones turned off. And so I was wondering if you could maybe do a sequel for the sake of those of us at home watching TV you know, and movies and maybe tell our family and friends that phones are not okay either. You know you know what I'm talking about. It's a buzzkill when somebody's phone goes off and you're watching something and it's good. Uh, dude, isn't it such a drag? You know, it happens to me all the time with, because I got a 16 year old and a 20 year old, right? Yeah. And whenever we watch a movie together, the whole, even at, you know, at home, the experience is a nightmare because everybody's phone goes, and then they open it, and you want, you can't help but stop watching the movie and wonder what they're reading. Not like they're ever, not like they ever get a text that's life changing, but for some reason you can't help but wonder who's texting them. Yeah, and then, and have you ever noticed that they're they're watching freaking YouTube clips while you're watching them a great movie? That that's really got on my nerves with kids. Yeah. Well, and that's the truth is that's actually something real that our attention spans are being decimated. You know, it's it's like we're having a collective ADD problem, and we all suffer from it. You know, I can be critical of my children, but the truth is, 
they can just stand me up in front of the mirror. And I, I have the same problem, you know, with it gets so confusing when you're doing work and when you're not doing work because, you know, we all have work right in our pocket all the time. Right. I'm kind of jealous of, I remember my dad, when he got home from work, work was over. You know? uh, when he wasn't at work, he, he couldn't do work. Right. But now with the emails and everything, we're all kind of half at home and half working all the time. It's a, obviously, it has amazing benefits, you know, but we're wrangling with the downsides of it. Yeah, I know. I'm still struggling with it. All right. All right. Well, I'll let you go. So let me say, the new film Blaze is now showing at theaters nationwide. People need to go out and see it. Thanks much, guys, for checking in with us. Mr. Ethan Hawke and Ben Dickey. Thank you so much. The Family Album. On its pages are frozen slices of your life, comings and goings, celebrations and quiet reflections, captured forever on film. This is a Spud Goodman Show. I don't understand. I, I just need some music right now, so this is a guy I dig a lot. Manu Chow. Uh, this is Bongo Bong. Uh, roll it, please. Mama was queen of the mambo, papa was king of the Congo Deep down in the jungle I start banging my first bongo Every monkey like to be in my place instead of me Cause I'm the king of bongo baby, I'm the king of bongo bong I went to the big town where there is a lot of sound From the jungle to the city looking for a bigger crown So I play my boogie for the people of big city But they don't go crazy when I banging on my boogie I'm the king of the Hear me when I come, baby. King of the Nobody like to be in my place instead of me Cause nobody go crazy when I banging on my boogie I'm a king without the crown, hanging loose in a big town But I'm a king of bongo, baby, I'm the king of bongo bong King of the Hear me when I come, baby. King of Hear me when I come. They say that I'm a clown making too much dirty sound. They say there is no place for little monkey in this town. Nobody like to be in my place instead of me cause nobody go crazy when I'm banging on my boogie. I'm the king of the Hear me when I come, baby. Hear me when I come. Banging on my bongo, all that swing belongs to me. I'm so happy there's nobody in my place instead of me. I'm a king without a crown, hanging loose in a big town. I'm the king of bongo, baby. I'm the king of bongo bong. Hear me when I come, baby. Hear me when I come. Mama was queen of the mambo, papa was king of the Congo. Deep down in the jungle, last I banging my first bongo. Every monkey like to be in my place instead of me, cause I'm the king of bongo, baby. I'm the king of bongo bong. Hear me when I come. Hear me when I come, baby. me when I call.
The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. We are down north, baby. We on the Spud Goodman Show. And we all scared of robots, baby. <laughs> Woo! They come to get our jobs. Oh! We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, Hank, getting back to your wacky the earth is flat thing, do your kids have to take a lot of abuse at school? I would think, you know, they're active on social media and it must have leaked out that you're one of, you know, those people who like... No, 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 not at all. I, I don't boost my posts, so, you know, it's quite possible so that... So no one sees any of them, then. I don't know how well, I find Well, not a lot of people outside of our public group on Facebook see them, but I'm curious how you came across them, actually. Do you visit my page regularly? Because you've never liked any of my posts or left any indication you were there. Uh... Don't go saying I'm cyber-stalking you, okay? I'm Just not. because I've occasionally been cruising by your stupid Facebook page doesn't mean I'm obsessed with you or anything, all right? I'm not obsessed with you, Well, all right? I'm just curious. That is messed up, yo. Oh, I don't think anyone is accusing you of being a cyber-stalker, Spud. I visit my sweetie Chance's page just to see what he's posting. Sometimes he will surprise me and put up a photo of the two of us, uh, but nothing too spicy, you know, um, romantic. It's That's just so romantic. Hot. Yeah, well, um, this was so far a no-mention zone of your boyfriend and our intern Chance. Look at him over there right now, totally immersed in probably a video game on his mm, phone. Yeah. He seems transfixed. Oh, you know he does love his video games. Uh, yeah, Spud, he does. You may not be aware of the name of Samuel Rothbotham. Uh, he's an Englishman, or was an Englishman, who published the book Earth, Not a Globe back in the 1800s. It wasn't exactly a bestseller, but it had a huge influence on future skeptics of the Earth's, Earth's actual shape. Uh, he was the, the round. Listen, he was the first one who put it in writing that the Earth is a flat disk. It's centered at the North Pole and bounded along its southern edge by a wall of ice, or as we know it, Antarctica. And it only makes common sense. I must have missed that book. Uh, was it on one of Oprah's book lists? Oh. How the hell did you come across it? A friend of mine from church told me about it. And Mr. Rothbotham also published a leaflet titled The Inconsistency of Modern Astronomy and Its Opposition to the Scriptures. Okay. And I got to tell you, it provided plenty of evidence that the Earth was in fact flat and an immovable oh, object. Oh, dear. This is getting a bit too weird for me. So just because some it's English dude in the 1800s said something about the shape of the earth, mm -hmm. you've bought it hook, line, and sinker? Listen, the truth is the truth. What what can I say? Oh, brother. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that this stuff is crazier than like Elvis still being alive or that Tom Brady didn't screw with those footballs in Deflate Gate. Um, most sane people know the truth. Tom Brady loves me and... The real truth about important things like that, okay? I I now know not everyone is on board with the Earth is Round deal. I've learned a lot, I gotta tell you. Um, but listening to you right now, yeah. I 
it's just I just I just don't get this. I don't know. I feel you, Aunt Dorothy. I'm starting Thank to get you. a bit creeped out too. Oh, it's terrible. You two, listen. There's no reason to feel threatened or scared. Life will continue on when the rest of the world comes to its senses and accepts what some of us have known all along that. The Earth is flat, not round, and the Earth is doing just fine. Um, not exactly. D- do you follow the news? Like, that mainstream media you're always trashing? You know, we, <laughs> we have really messed this planet up, you know, and I, I, I'm not scared about the BS regarding the shape of the Earth. What makes me wet my pants is the fact that there are people like you walking around amongst us. That's way scarier than the shape of the Earth and that you guys well, actually feel it's flat. I mean, is that what you're getting at, Aunt Dorothy? Oh, absolutely. I think it's best that those people remain under some rock. My problem here is that someone from this subspecies is working right next to me here in this studio. Stop being weak! Mrs. Jarvitz, there's no need to feel that way. I'm the same Gerald Holcomb you've always known, and I, nor my positions, are scary in the slightest. Mm. I, I will be the judge of what's scary, okay? I am the host of this program. I know. Never fear, Smith is here. Uh, Spud. Yes? You, your next guest, Adina Porter, is on the line for you. Okay, you know, Adina's been in so many TV shows over the years. She was she was nominated for an Emmy last year for her work on American Horror Story, Cult. Uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, that show gives me the creeps. Way more creepier than even you make me feel. I mean, oh, it's really oh, wow. scary. Well, you know, I've not seen the show because my wife feels it is satanic, or at the very least, written by devil worshippers. What's with you, Joha? An American Horror Story is one of the best shows on TV. The cast is top-notch, and it keeps you on the edge of your seat throughout. Hmm. I'm glad there are commercials, though, as I can use that time to get a grip and remind myself that this is not real. Yeah, I try to do that with all the scary movies and TV programs, but I can never convince, you know, convince myself that it's only a show. And, and at times, yeah, I have wet myself. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. it but it's the truth, and I'm not ashamed of it. Huh. I'm not a brave person. And Dorothy, you know that I slept with a nightlight on until I moved out of my parents' uh, that's house. That's true, Spud. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. it. It allowed me to get a good night's sleep. You, you know, I was not aware of that, Spud. You'd be interested to know our youngest, Dwight, who is just now nine years old, made us take out his nightlight because he said it was lame. Well, what is the question? Well, lame or not, I, I need at least 10 hours of sleep at night. J- just put Adina through. Uh, very well. Here she is. Please welcome actress Adina Porter. Thanks much for calling into our program. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Seattle. Yeah. So your FX show, American Horror Story Apocalypse, is now airing on Wednesday nights at 10, 9 central for season 8, I believe. Um, it's season 8? That's is right. It? Yeah, okay, all right. So you must be a very brave woman, as I'll be honest. This is the scariest show on TV. The acting, the writing is amazing, but I'll admit, I have to invite a friend over to watch it with me. There's no way I'm doing it alone. You know what? When I am filming it, and you can see the bells and whistles, I'm okay. But once I get home and the music that, you know, is edited in and, and the lighting and everything else, I'm also watching it behind the pillow. But uh, I, I love the thrill that I get from it. And sometimes for me, the scariest parts are what one human being is doing to the other human being, the head trips. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Lots of head trips so, on that uh, show. It's a, it's a fun uh, adrenaline rush. Yeah, I was. That's putting it mildly, but yeah, okay, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> so you are nominated for an Emmy for your performance as Beverly Hope in the Cult episodes from last year. Is it a lot cooler to show up at the Emmys as someone nominated, or does the stress make it a not as much fun experience? Well, you know, this was my very first attendance at the Emmys. I would go to after parties, but I have never gone to the Emmys. So going as a nominee, you know what? Um, There were so many gatherings beforehand, so many red carpets that I just chose to enjoy this moment. It's like, it's like, you know, when you're getting married and, and I've been married a few times. So same here. When you, when someone's getting married for the first time, you say to them, enjoy the moment because it's going to go by really quickly. You know, um, so I just decided I was going to have a good time and be present and in the moment. And I knew I looked good. So I had a ball. Um, yeah, I saw the show. You did. You're very you, you looked beautiful. So I'll just throw that out. I'm not, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, besides American Horror Ruben Story. Ruben and Chappelle, they created a dress for me. Yeah. Those, I, I heard those dresses are kind of pricey. They're, you don't get them at like JCPenney, right? I mean, they're like they're like uh, at the high end places, right? Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, it, it's great advertising for them. So I don't actually know what the price tag was. It was created for me. I didn't ask. So. Um, did they get upset if good. you? Did they get upset <laughs> if you like get any like at after parties get like uh, some ketchup or something on it? Do they ever say anything or? Well, I try. I, I wore something else for the after party because oh, right. I thought, why not? Okay. And it was black, and it was really lacy. So if I got ketchup on it, it would have touched my skin, so it would have been easy to clean up. All right. Well, you know, besides American Horror Story, you have worked on so many great TV programs like True Blood, The Newsroom, The Leftovers, Ray Donovan, and others. You have pretty good taste, I must say. I appreciate that. Um, I just audition, and and I see where my uh, where the my career takes me, and I've been very lucky, but I've also earned it to, uh, to, to be in some amazing um, experiences. And um, I, I guess it's also the golden age of television. Yes. You know, because of all the different venues, maybe years ago some of these things would have been movies, but um, we, they're on the small screen now working with amazing you know, writers, Aaron Sorkin, you know, Ryan Murphy. Um, I just, I'm a lucky lady. Yeah, you know, there's so many good shows now. I, I need like 16 to 18 hours a day. I have to plan, plan the, you know, the 24 hours carefully to get everything in. There's, you're right. There's so many great, this is this is a golden age. You're so right. Um, well, you mentioned Aaron Sorkin. When you were working on the newsroom, did it feel like you were reading a novel when, when you did table readings of his scripts? Because he doesn't write much fluffy dialogue. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of heavy lifting for actors. Well, you know, there's so much, there's such a musicality to his work. And so, and I very much enjoyed the table reads. They were a grand occasion. All the executives from HBO would arrive, and the actors too, and 
and he would talk about it beforehand. So it was like preparing for a meal and then sitting down and enjoying every morsel um, and just going along with the musicality of it all and, and the ritual, the ritual of everybody getting together and and discovering the character um, at the same time as we read and, and see the different takes on on. On, uh, on the characters. So, um, yeah, it was, it, 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 it was like theater. Um, and Newsroom, because of the way it was shot, was glass everywhere. You always had to be on because you never knew where your reflection, if it was going to be uh, seen on camera. So it was like theater. Wow. And, and American Horror Story is like theater because it's an ensemble cast that comes back and reinvents themselves, so it's like a repertory company. So I started out in theater, and how lucky am I that I'm doing television, but with with the aesthetics of right, theater. Right, right. Well... Okay, this, this next question is a little off topic, because on the show right now, we're discussing a, a small group of people around the world who, who feel the earth is flat. Can we put you down as a vote for round? I'm guessing. I'm just projecting here. Uh, yep. Right. Uh, the world is round. Okay. All right. There we I'm have it. definitely going with that. Okay. Well, that vote, um, we've got that vote down. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I just had to ask. I had to ask, because we're having a, uh, a discussion right now. So, all right. Uh, excuse me, Spud? But I cry foul here. You clearly attempted to influence Adina's vote. It violated every tenant of a free and fair election. Uh, Adina, I'll be right back. Okay. It was embarrassing to even ask another human being well, in the 21st century this question. There was no chance whatsoever she was going to vote for your side. Still, you did attempt to tamper with her vote. You should have presented the question fairly, you know, without oh, bias. Gerald, you and and Kyrie Irving, too, really need to take an online science class. And Dorothy, it's becoming quite clear that he is not budging from his position. Oh, boy. I'm only He's dug in. I'm following my beliefs, you guys. Now, sure, I could go along with the crowd on this, but Gerald Holcomb is a man of principle. A uh, nice third-person reference. That's going to cost you in that cliché jar over there. Pony up the 10 buck, you know, oh. $10 fine after the show. Uh, and I got change if you need it. Don't use that excuse. Fine. Now, let me get back to Adina. Okay, sorry about that, but I have returned. Well, um, this is the last question because okay. I know you're very busy. Um, think about this one, though. If you could step into a time tunnel and switch places with one actor from the past, what part would you most want to have played, like, say, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz or Marlon Brando in The Godfather? Because it's not lender, uh, limited to gender. Ooh, what character I want to play if I can go into the past? I might do something like uh, um, Pitford in um, uh, uh, in um, da, 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 Birth of a Nation. Oh, wow, that's kind of a heavy and film. And the reason why I would do it is because sometimes I think that I can take for granted all of the privileges that I have now. And if I went in the past, and got to have to deal with a set as a black woman, as a woman, and 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 be steeped in the reality of what it was like to ha to be an uh, an actress of color then, and 
but then I guess I mean I would be playing this white woman too, and 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 how they the birth of a nation, you know, is the birth of the Ku Klux Klan. Right. If I was able to step into it just for that day or whatever, and then step out of it. I think I would appreciate every single breath I take in the present. And I, I, I need to be reminded about how lucky I am. Well, thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Um, all right, well, let me remind everyone that American Horror Story Apocalypse is back on FX each Wednesday night at 10, 9 central. We really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Ms. Adina Porter. This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Hi, everybody. This is Dick Dale, king of the surf guitar, or king of the surf rock guitar, or king of heavy metal, as many say. You're listening to the Spud Goodman Show, and what a great guy he is. But you know what's funny? When I was in the Air Force and they were punishing me, they used to make me peel a hundred spuds. <laughs> now I need to play some more music. Um, here is uh, Question Mark and the Mysterians with a cut off their Cameo Parkways record released in 1966 titled Don't Break This Heart of Mine. Radio show. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Dietrich Bader, is waiting to speak with you. Well, by now, even you should be well aware of who Dietrich is as he's yeah, been yeah, on the yeah. show a bunch. He's a great guest, so this one's going to be easy. Oh, and he is so hot. I loved him in Office Space. That mustache, almost as sexy as Tom Selleck's. 
Yeah, mustache. I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have to abstain from commenting on Tom Selleck's lip sexy, carpet. Though. It's not that easy. You know, Dietrich is on that show, American Housewife, right? Correct. Well, I haven't seen it myself, but from the title, it sure does sound like a great show. You know, Spud, my wife is an American, and she is a housewife too herself. And um, Katie I, I was Nixon thinking... is the star of this show. I'm Katie Powers, and she plays. The wife, but she's not like the stereotypical TV housewife. I think the term housewife went out with girdles, you guys, and the Jack LaLanne show. Hell will freeze over. Uh, my dream is to one day be a house husband, but it's tough to find a woman who will sign off on it. Well, that's so wrong, Spud. You know, no, no wonder you're still single. A man was born to gather for his family. Well, I suck at gathering, except maybe at garage sales. I can always find something usable. Excellent. Uh, now, just put Diedrich through, please. Uh, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor Diedrich Bader. Or Bader, I mean, you're kind enough to allow flexibility there. Yeah, sure. It's going to be mispronounced by everybody anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Go for it. All right. Well, anyway, we have officially... Bader is, Bader is I guess, the standard American pronunciation. I mean, if you want to get into it. All right. All right. Um, so... We have officially anointed you as one of our favorite guests as, you know, you could actually like give like 10% effort in this interview and we would still, you know, think you're really cool. So I'll just put that out. I'm going to do a solid 10% for you then. All right. You you know, in fact, um, we could actually go with Carl instead of Diedrich, but let's not mess with the listeners, right? So we'll stick with Diedrich. No, no, no. That's too strange for them. Yeah, Carl is my first name. Diedrich is my middle name. Right, right. Okay, here we go. Well, you know, we spoke with you last year as you were starting Season 2 of American Housewife, and what do you know? Season 3 is now airing on ABC each Wednesday at 9.30, 8.30 Central. Are you, are you looking for a CSI or Simpsons run like Double Figures in years? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I would love that so much. You know, I look forward every morning to working with Katie Mixon, so uh, that, would be, that would be great. I, I would, you know, your uh, uh, mouth to God's ear. It would be fantastic. This is the best part I've ever had. I'm ne- I haven't been happier. I've never been happier. And oh. so I would love for a nice long run. We'll see. I mean, I hope that we can we, – this is our third time slot in three years, so I'm just opening – I'm hoping that the fans come with us. Well, as you mentioned, your co-star Katie Mixon can do no wrong in my world after her performance in the all-time great series Eastbound and Down. Uh, I got to tell yeah, you, yeah, she was great in that. Ah, oh, she's she was amazing. Um, you know, she's rather feisty though. I was, I'm, I'm guessing no one messes with her on the set because she is a goddess. Oh no, she is totally a goddess. But I have to tell you, you know, she's different from Katie. It's funny because the you know Katie and Katie. Um, thing, so you think that she's going to be like her character, but actually Katie Mixon is much sweeter than Katie Otto. Um, Katie is the sweetest, most down-to-earth, lovely gal. She comes in the morning, says good morning to everybody. She knows everybody's name. She calls everybody Pumpkin. You know, she's got these little cute little nicknames. A big southern thing is to say Mr. before somebody's first name. Mr. Dave is our sound guy. Mr. Steve is our other sound guy. And she, I don't know, she's just a real charmer. I love working with Katie. Well, how would you describe the POV of American Housewife? It's not another guys' club show. The showrunner's a woman, correct? Um, the show's creator is a is a woman, a Sarah Dunn, and so she, she But the showrunners are two guys, so okay. it's a, it's a nice balance that way. Uh, Kay, uh, Kenny uh, Schwartz and uh, Mike, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and and uh, Rick Weiner are the two uh, showrunners, but. Um, 
but you know, uh, Sarah's there every day uh, just to make sure that we, you know, we keep her template. So, uh, so you know, it's a little like a marriage in that way. Although she has two husbands. All right, super. Yeah. Uh, so, Dietrich, you're a, you're a highly educated man. You you come from a family that holds PhDs, so you're a good guy to run this by. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're in the studio. We're discussing the reality that there are people right now. <clears throat> I won't mention names that actually okay. do believe that the Earth is flat. Now, I'm no scientist. I flunked earth science in eighth grade. But even I know it's a goofy question. But where do you stand officially on this question? Uh, Pretty sure the world is round. I'm going to go for that. I know that it's a time where, you know, actors aren't supposed to make political statements. But I'm going to go ahead and say it. The world is round. All right. There you have it. That's that's for the record. All right. Super. Um, Say, Spud. What? Well, I do not appreciate that snide tone that Dietrich, about Dietrich, about those who do hold the view that the Earth could very well be flat. You know, it is still an open question for debate. Uh, hey, man, I'll, I'll be right back. The man voted. You can't ask for a recount, okay? There were no hanging chads or anything. Well... Do the right thing and accept the results. You know, just like Al Gore did in 2000. Oh, Be a man. Oh, I still think that Florida vote was rigged. After all, it does help when your brother is the governor of the state counting the votes. Uh, I know, Aunt Dorothy, but we, I, we're just going to have to let that one go. Uh, oh, listen, all I'm asking for is an even playing field to present a theory that, yes, may differ from others, but still deserves to be taken seriously. I, I take Bigfoot and that Loch Ness Monster seriously to a degree, but I just can't go with the flat thing, so let me get back to Diedrich, please. I have returned. Oh, fantastic. Well, you know, you spent your early years living in Paris. D- did you dig mimes, like eating dinner at 11 a- and at night? and did, 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 Or did you drop or keep the, the cheek-kissing thing when you returned to the U.S. for high school? I was just curious. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, we lived there. I was not into mimes, still probably not into mimes. Um, I now eat dinner super, super early, I guess in response to my childhood, because we ate so incredibly late every night. And that's that, that cliche about European uh, life is really true. Uh, my folks, we didn't really finish dinner until like about 1030. Um, and they, uh, you know, bottle of wine every night, candlelit dinner, the whole thing. That's how I was brought up. So I have tried to keep some of that, um, not drinking the bottle of wine every night. Otherwise, I'd just be exhausted all the time. I don't know how my parents did it. But um, uh, we have a candlelit dinner every night, uh, my family uh, and myself, uh, and and talk about our day. So, I mean, that's one thing that I would encourage uh, uh, other families to do. Instead of uh, eating in front of the television, unless, of course, it's American Housewife, um, you can uh, uh, you can talk to each other and, and just ask simple questions about your day and just get you get get you going, and uh, um, and you know you'd be surprised where a conversation will lead. Um, it's uh, it's fun. Sit down with your family. That sounds kind of harsh. I mean, you guys at least have your phones with you at, at your hand, right? Hand no, no, no phones. No phones. No. No. Jeez. Wow. No. You you uh, my kids are not allowed on social media and not allowed to have their phones uh, once they get into the house. They're essentially tracking devices. That's really, if I could put a chip in the back of their head, that's what I would do instead of that. But and I know that they have to text their friends and everything, so that they still have a social life. But uh, but the less electronics, the better, you know. Uh, um, uh, as I say, unless you're watching American Housewife, there's really no need. All right, all right. That's probably a healthy attitude, to be honest with you. I uh, I will admit that. All right. Well, you know, as a voice actor, did you do you ever find yourself talking in other voices, like in the shower or when you're alone in the car? <laughs> 
I do uh, have dialogue with my dogs. My dogs have voices, so uh, I do them every morning. Um, they, uh, they're my kids. wanted them. My old dog uh, uh, was uh, Chester A. Arthur. was uh, was his uh, name. He was a miniature dachshund, and uh, he talked like this other than. Um, so for the, for the next dogs, because um, we have two other miniature dachshunds now. My kids wanted them to be British, so uh, the little guy is lithium, and he uh, he talks like this all the time. He's got like a Cockney sort of accent. And then there's uh, Basil, uh, um, and he uh, he's very upper crusty, but a total idiot. So uh, so yeah, no, uh, incorporating voices is part of my life, absolutely. Well, that's and you're one of the best in the business, and that uh, that yeah, I've, I've verified that. So all right, well, uh, last question because I know you got stuff to do. So if you could be for one day, like if you could serve as the Secretary General of the UN, what would be your first edict? I mean, if the position actually did have some power. You know what I would do? I would I would make a universal declaration, and this is again going out on a limb, that the world is round. <sighs> Wow, a very bold statement, and you're you're doubling down. All right. Yeah, I'm doubling down in a huge way. I'm going off. I'm going for it. All right. I was kind of thinking about maybe you know banning speedos on men at all beaches around the world, but that's man, I don't know. It's probably pie in the sky. I get it, but you know something for the ladies. You know, you always want a little bit of entertaining. It's okay. That's right. That's why you're a better person than I. So, all right. Okay, well, let me remind everyone that American Housewife is now airing on Wednesdays at 9.30, 8.30 Central on ABC. You know, I once again, I enjoyed our conversation, okay? Yeah, me too. All right, thanks a lot. Mr. Diedrich, I'll go with Botter, all right? Because that's the, that's the correct verb. Uh, sure, yeah, that's the German version, yeah. All right, there you have it. My, how time flies. Uh, say, Spud? Well, it seems Chance is preoccupied over there with his video game. So the board is saying, we have a caller who would like to participate in our conversation well, about the true shape of the Earth. As far as our volunteer intern being engrossed over there in his own private Idaho, uh, i got to say this, I, you get what you pay for, right? So yeah. I guess you're going to have to go ahead put the call through. Yeah, very well, here he is. Uh, uh, Sam, I on the air. I, I want to jump in on this conversation if I can. Is this Bud I'm talking to? Yeah. So, so caller, uh, have at my esteemed temporary permanent co-host here and set him straight on how whacked out he and other flat earthers are. Oh yes, please do. Uh, well, you know, I'm calling to offer my support to Gerald. I mean, he's taking a lot of guff from you and that what? laugher lady. He's trying to set the record straight here, and all I've heard on the show to this point is unfair attacks on the truth. Aha! It's not fair, and it's not professional. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Um, please, please don't start throwing that professional word around. I, I've had to deal with that my whole career. I never signed any agreement to be professional. Everyone needs to be aware of that. I'll say it again. That's for the record. So, uh, anyway, you are wasting your time with that demand, so just drop it, okay, caller? No, no, I'm not being demanding. I'm just suggesting you be open to all possibilities. But have you ever heard of an optical illusion? I mean, my dictionary says an optical illusion is an illusion caused by the visual system and characterized by a visual percept that appears to differ from reality. Okay, you might have lost me there. I can give you tons of examples. Like, you know, there's those words on your rearview mirror. They say, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. Yeah, okay, I am aware of, of that kind of an optical illusion. All right, you cannot possibly be saying, though, that the Earth being round is an optical illusion. Well, uh, 
of course it is, Spud. We, or, or I feel, it is so obvious, and you're going to see it too if you open your mind and belief system to this fact. Yeah, no, uh, Gerald and I can back up what we're saying with scientific data, yeah, not okay. the data from the uh, science what, what do you, think? you and the others Dorothy. have been subjected to in our uh, liberal I just, educational I Should we get rid of this system. dude? Oh, I I mean, please. To discover the real truth, people need to dig deeper beyond what they're yeah. being told. <laughs> can I ask if you've ever seen a photo from above the Earth? You know, the thing looks pretty darn round to me. Uh, you know, right? No. Oh. Yes, yes. Why do I why do I think this guy will say all the pictures of Earth taken from space are fake? Sean Spicer, well, our press secretary, yeah. gave you know, alternative it, facts to that. You know, if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck, laugher lady. Oh, I will boy. not say the governments from around the world are purposely lying to everyone. Okay, I'm getting bored simple. here. Yeah. All those pictures right. and videos taken from above are optical illusions. Have you not seen David Copperfield in Vegas? The show is <laughs> no. very impressive. I have not. And it's clear proof of how people can get caught up in a mob mentality with an effective optical illusion. Everyone senses the people around them are seeing something, and they feel they're seeing it. That's what's yeah, happened with the um, false idea of what shape the Earth is. Okay, I, I, I'll let you continue with your flat Earth filibuster here just for a second longer. Um, but I still think you're full of crap, okay? I'm just going to say it. Uh, I'm trying to, like, uh, modulate my... Uh, my image, so to speak. I've been told by my executive producer that I'm a, a little too harsh with callers, but you are. You're full of crap. And first of all, I got to say, I would never go to a David Copperfield show. I am a David Blaine guy all the way. He's been a guest on this show, and I'm a very loyal talk show host. Hey, Chuck, why don't you mention that you've spoken with scientists about this? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I met this scientist, or I mean, he was at least a guy who'd gone to graduate school. And he told me the human eye is not an accurate tool in determining what is real and what is not real. Look, alternative facts are not facts. So don't trust our lying eyes, huh? That's what you're saying. Hey, hey, not everyone's eyes lie, Spud. Some of us have honest eyes. Well, my eyes don't stretch the truth, and I know the Earth is not freaking flat, okay? Can we drop this stupid conversation? Yeah. Okay, I am now officially bored with this topic. Hey, can I ask how you knew, though, the name of this caller, dude? Um, uh, he didn't say it over the air, and we weren't given uh, it before he came on. Is he a blood relative? Oh, oh, of course uh, he is. No, absolutely not. Uh, Chuck, I mean, the caller is not a relative of mine. Okay, co-worker, whatever the case might be. Hey, don't try and delegitimize what he has to offer. No, no, no. Hey, Gerald, I can handle this myself. So what if I am familiar with your co-host? Big deal. It doesn't change the facts that I've laid out. Yeah, okay. We go to the same church. Who cares about um, that? I think it'd be actually... Y yeah. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it does not impact the facts here. And, <laughs> and if anyone were listening now and wants to know more, they can go to my Facebook page to get further information. It is a safe space for those who are interested, as people need to know, that there is somewhere they won't be ostracized by society if they have the courage to join our movement. Uh, you know, can I go now? Because I got a vacuum before the wife gets home, honestly. Um, pl please uh, get your housework done and, 
Hey, just hang up on the dude. Hang up on him right well, now. Actually, hang up I, on him. Spud, I think, I think Chuck hung up first. No way. I hung up first. I, I know think, I did. I don't think so. Well, we're going we're gonna to have to go back and check that. I know I hung up first. All right, let me end this show. I'm Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Copyright 2018, Spud Goodman Productions.